All right, welcome in cold open here for Corbett's Corner. It's I, Dylan Corbett, here riding solo with you here on a Monday. A couple things I want to get to here. Um, of course, NFL Week 17 is over. Regular season, I'm going to recap my early season predictions for division winners and who I had winning the Super Bowl in each respective conference. I want to touch on uh, some coaching firings here. Of course, it's doomsday for coaches that are on the hot seat. You're seeing many of the expected candidates uh, be free of their duties. Chargers, Anthony Lynn, the latest, Doug Marone, Adam Gase, you name it, Falcons. They've been interviewing people. I want to touch on that. And then a team I think should clean house, but I don't think they will. And then we'll wrap up with the college football uh, playoff, just a short recap of the final four, and then what? Uh, just a br- very brief preview as we've got about, what, eight days until the national title between Ohio State and Alabama. All right, let's begin with the recap of Week 17. Of course, your playoff teams in the AFC, you've got the Chiefs at the top, uh, Bills, Steelers, Ravens, one of the hottest teams in football. They've got the best point differential in football, but I think they played some suspect final schedule here for their five-game win streak. They didn't really play anyone, but I'll get to my playoff predictions here. So the Ravens are in. Browns for the first time in, what, 18 years they're in. Titans and Colts each 11-5. and five. They advanced. Titans secured the division in the AFC South. And then just one team out of the AFC West. It's your AFC regular season champion. The 14-2 Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs went down uh, without Patrick Mahomes, without much of their starters against the Chargers yesterday, but they had first place already locked up. What's incredible is they're 8-0 on the road, uh, but they're not going to have to face a road game until a neutral site game in the Super Bowl, which will be held in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, one of your playoff teams, they'll face the Washington football team who won the NFC East last night. Uh, Green Bay Packers, your Chicago Bears sneak in with a plus two point differential on the year. Oh boy, so the Bears, the last seed in the NFC as the Cardinals lost to the Rams. Rams are in there, Seahawks won the NFC West. Um, So what I had for the divisions, I went two for four in each conference. I had the Patriots and the Ravens in the AFC East and the AFC North. Of course, the Steelers took the North and the Bills for the first time in what? Eons took the uh, AFC East. In the, AF, in the NFC, this is hysterical. I had the Falcons winning the NFC South, and I had the Cowboys in the NFC East. Those were two my uh, my two wrong picks there, but two for four in each conference, as I did have the Titans in the AFC South and uh, the Chiefs, obviously, which is just chalk in the AFC uh, West. And then I had, uh, let's see here, I did pick the Seahawks, and then I did have the Packers. Um, so I actually had Chiefs Seahawks in my Super Bowl. That was way back when. I quickly amended it, I think, to the Packers. Again, I've been kind of tooting my own horn about how I think the Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl, win the NFC. I put my money where my mouth is. I took them plus 330. I took the Chiefs also to win the AFC. Uh, they've got both teams here. The Packers and the Chiefs are the only teams with buys in the playoffs. I think that's going to be a huge difference coming up. Um, and I think it's pretty much chalk uh, throughout the playoffs. We'll touch on that here uh, as we dive in. Sorry, I'm kind of taking some awkward breaks here and then piecing them together, so I'm riding solo and make sure I can keep my breath through the full 20 minutes or so. But I mentioned that I had all chalk, um, but something interesting about that. Obviously, the Washington football team's the home team because they're the division winner. They're the fourth seed, so not chalk in terms of I have Tampa Bay winning. 
Chalk in terms of they're favored by eight, and I think most people would think that as well. The other game that has the underdog favored in this one, or so the lower seed favored in this one, I should say, is Baltimore on the road at Tennessee. Remember the, the upset last year, Tennessee, which I called money line as they were about 10-point dogs uh, where they just ran Derrick Henry, a 2,000-yard rusher this year as he eclipsed that mark in Week 17. Uh, Tennessee is three and a half point dogs at home. So that's interesting. But I like all chalk here. I don't know. I'll do a more dive into the numbers uh, in terms of spreads and some official plays as we get closer to wildcard weekend. Um, Maybe we'll do it Wednesday. Maybe we'll do it Friday. But I like the Bills to roll. I think Josh Allen has got enough postseason experience that they're going to get by a pretty solid Colts team. Rams Seahawks worries me uh, because I think the Seahawks should roll Rams have arguably the best defense in the NFC, one of the tops in the NFL. So that's a little troublesome to me. Uh, But Jared Goff's health is also more troublesome to me. Wofford, I know they got the win basically because of the defense against the injury-rattled Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. But that one scares me a little bit. But I I think the Seahawks get that one done. I think Tampa takes uh, care of the football team. You're going to hear a lot of people say, oh, football team, they got a shot. I don't think so. I'll take Brady there. I think Baltimore is going to get it done. Um, Lamar Jackson, he has not won a playoff game. He's 0-2. This, it would be bad if he lost this one. I know Tennessee is a good team. They were in the AFC Championship last year. It, this might be the game of the weekend, but I think Baltimore squeaks by. I don't know about that hook, though, so that'll be an interesting number. Bears, I'm sorry. Come on. 8-8, eight and eight, you don't deserve it. I know. Maybe I'll take some hack for it. Maybe they'll pull the upset. 10.5, the line opened. The Saints have been heartbroken throughout the playoffs for too many years now this decade, or rather we're entering a new decade. I think it's the Saints. Lost to the Vikings in this spot last year. I think they get it done against the Bears moving on. Uh, And then I think Pittsburgh's going to be Cleveland. Cleveland, congrats on your playoff berth, but maybe hopefully many more to come with Baker Mayfield, but I think it's too early here. Pittsburgh uh, just lost barely to Cleveland without Big Ben. So now put Big Ben there, 1-1 one and one on the season series. I think Pittsburgh rolls. They have the best defense in the NFL, not just the AFC. So I've got both five teams who are favored, uh, five seeds overtaking the four seed, uh, which means we've got set up a pretty great potential second week of playoffs because you would potentially have in this scenario the Packers versus the Buccaneers and then you would have the Chiefs against the Ravens. Uh, I believe there's been each a regular season episode between those two matchups um, and I think the bye team is going to get it done here. I, I think the bye is going to be crucial here for the top seed. I like the Packers to get it done against Tampa Bay. Uh, I believe Tampa Bay absolutely butchered. Yeah, that's right. They butchered Green Bay earlier in the year. I think Packers and Rodgers get revenge. Rodgers going to be the MVP um, after he just put the finishing touches on it this week. And then this one scares me a little. Chiefs-Ravens. Uh, Chiefs beat the Ravens earlier in the regular season. It's very hard to beat the same team twice. Ravens might be the hottest team in football right now. Winners are five straight. Seahawks might have uh, a bone to pick with that statement as well. But I think the bye gets it done here, and Lamar Jackson's got to prove it to me in the playoffs. Mahomes has already done that. He's a Super Bowl champ. I think the bye week prevails here. Uh, So I've got, let's see here, one, two uh, in the, let's see here, AFC. Yes, because I think the Bills, Josh Allen is going to make it to an AFC championship game. Uh, They would face, I already forgot, this bracket's kind of whack in front of me, but... um, Let's see here. Yeah, I've got the Bills facing, because I think they can beat the Steelers. Yeah, so I've got the Bills over the Steelers. I think it's Josh Allen. 
This Bills team, speaking of hot teams, winners of six straight. They get the division, a team that's been in the playoffs the last couple of years. Sean McDermott, an excellent head coach. I think they beat the Steelers. They're going to have the home game there in Chili Buffalo. And I've got the Chiefs then hosting the Bills, and I think Josh Allen just a year away. Um, you know, he put up great numbers, great team. Maybe they'll contend for years to come. Uh, but this is the Chiefs' damn conference. I mean, I swear. Uh, so I like the Chiefs to represent the AFC. And in the NFC, I hate the Saints. That's probably so much bias because of my Falcons fandom, which hopefully might come to an end if Matty Ice has a new team next year. Uh, we'll see how this offseason goes. But I think it's going to be the Seahawks who were just falling short of the Saints last year. Or excuse me, just falling short of the conference title game last year. I, I think they get it done over the Saints, and I think it's just my biased blind eye there. But that's my pick. I'm sticking with it. Seahawks-Packers, that's a 1-3 matchup, and I had it preseason. Seahawks-Chiefs, eh, we'll see. I mean, I, I like Chiefs regardless, and I think it's going to be Packers-Seahawks in the NFC title game. Um, right now, I'd probably give the edge to the Packers, who lost to the 49ers in the spot last year. And then you, uh, you heard from me, I got the Bills in the AFC side in that title game coming up short against the Chiefs. So that's the playoffs. We're excited. That's going to be this weekend. We'll have continuing coverage all week here on the Dylan Corbett Podcast Network. Winging it's going to drop tomorrow. Uh, so excited about that. Corbett's daily. Um, Al Dawson might make a return. We're trying to give away that jackpot. So he might make a return as our official guest better to try and get the seven straight days so I can give away that 100 bucks as our jack up, uh, jackpot. Uh, and that is climbing that jackpot as well. So that wraps up the NFL. I do want to touch on the coaching scenarios here. Eric Bieniemy uh, interviewing with the Falcons. Is that a good fit? Sorry, before I get to that, I did want to mention that Green Bay, my big uh, worry about them, they do not have a defense. I mean, Rodgers and Adams are going to tear apart the NFL like they have all year through the playoffs, I believe. But um, don't have a defense. That's worrisome. But the Chiefs didn't have a defense last year. And look how they did. So that puts a bow on what I think is going to happen. And again, continuing coverage coming up. Okay, so Eric Bieniemy, of course, deserves a job. He's the mastermind. Or, you know, Andy Reid's the mastermind. But he's learning under the Andy Reid coaching tree, which produced Super Bowl winner Doug Peterson, many other brilliant minds. Uh, Bieniemy, I love what he schemes up for Mahomes, for that offense. I am thinking that um, this is a great fit for the Falcons. This is what you need. If if Biennemi is the guy, I would hope he want to keep Matt Ryan. Maybe he'd want his own guy. I understand that as well. But you got to look at that offense. Julio Jones banged up all year. The Falcons might be the best four and twelve team in the history of the NFL. Uh, Matt Ryan, you got to get a running back. You got to get a running back in this draft. It's not Edo Smith. It's not Todd Gurley. You've got Ridley and Jones. You've got Matt Ryan, who's under contract. It's not looking like a great contract. I mean, most of these quarterback contracts do not anyway to these aging guys, but you still got the core there for a prolific offense. You've got defensive players. If you can bring in the right defensive coordinator with the enemy at the helm, that team's dangerous, you know. So, again, that gives me hope. I I love to see Dan Quinn gone. Raheem Morris, you're fine. Thanks for, you know, giving us a couple of wins, I guess. But 4-12 and 12 is inexcusable with this offense. I think that's a great fit. Uh, I hope they choose Biennemi. I'm not really sold. I, I don't think they're going to get anyone else. I've been telling you I want Lincoln Riley. I don't think that's going to happen. But Eric Biennemi interviewing with the Falcons, I wonder if that's the next play in Atlanta. A team I think should clean house. What the hell is Mike Zimmer doing with a job? I mean, just 7-9 and nine churned out with, speaking of great offenses, 
Uh, defense is young, but Zimmer's a defensive guy. Even when he had the great defenses, he couldn't get it done. I, I just don't understand why the chain is so long for this guy when you are looking at the the leashes for these other guys. Anthony Lynn, I mean, geez, he, yeah, he's not a great coach, but there are plenty of guys. Mike Zimmer, um, as I'm pulling up his record here, because I, I think it's just glaring how bad he is underachieved with this team, with this offense, with Dalvin Cook, with Thielen, now with Jefferson. It's, I mean, the, the last three years, this team should be competing for a Super Bowl. Last year, they got trounced in the second round by the Niners. This team's not close. So here's the reason that I guess you'd give it another year. But if you get a 7-9, third in the NFC North again, these fans are not going to take it. I know they're very tepid. They're not usually calling for... Uh, like the Eagles will be, you know, their fans aren't vicious like the Eagles, but they've gotten complacent. Here's what's so startling about uh, Zimmer, who took over in 2014, won 7-9. That's solid, taking over first year. Back that up, 11-5, remember, lost to the Seahawks, the Blair Walsh game. Oh, so here's the pattern. He follows up a great season with a dud. Um, Great 11-5 year in 2015, the Blair Walsh miss. 8-8, missed the playoffs in 16. 2017, the Case Keenum miracle, 13-3. First in the NFC North, they were playing the Eagles, and they lost, right? That was the year Foles went on to win the title. You follow up a 13-3 year um, with Kirk Cousins, first year, 2018, 8-7-1, missed the playoffs. Then you have the 10-6 year in 2019. We just talked about it where uh, you shock the Saints and then you just lay an egg against the 49ers. Okay, you should have momentum off of that, right? No, 7-9. And, and it was a bad 7-9 this year. Uh, very bad 7-9. I mean, you had some terrible losses to where you basically were given a playoff spot. You saw what the Bears got in with? 8-8. Eight and eight. Here are some losses you could not have done. The Falcons at home. The Falcons came in at 0-4, and then they put 40 up on the Vikings at home. That's not good coaching. Coming off a three-game win streak, you get the Dallas Cowboys at home. You lose 31-28. You still somehow win two games, but then you have, of course, unfortunate Dan Bailey against the Buccaneers. You can't beat your rival Bears at home. You get embarrassed by the Saints when it was basically already over. And then you were still playing for it, and you only beat the Lions by two while giving up 35 in the process. You guys excited for next year with Zimmer? I, I don't understand. Um, I mean, the, the defense, is that going to get better? Uh, Gary Kubiak and his son, Zimmer and his son, uh, the family tree. Uh, what's going on there? Uh, you hear, I'm loving sports talk radio here, by the way, on the fan uh, in Minneapolis. They have great local shows throughout. But the Vikings were one of the worst defenses in the league this year. In terms of yards allowed, they almost gave up 400 yards per game. And their defense was giving up fourth worst in the league, 30 points. Isn't Zimmer supposed to be a defensive guy? I don't know how he still has a job here, while many other NFL coaches do not. The record might just be longevity, but and the pattern may suggest that he comes back and leads them to the playoffs again next year. But what has this guy proven to get you excited about next year? Okay, last NFL note, me and Matt Cruzan were talking about this yesterday. Um, I'm worried about Tua. I mean, this. I was talking earlier on Corbett's Corner last week about how there's always a dud 
in drafts. There's always going to be the guy at quarterback, and there's always going to be a guy drafted way too high that does not pan out, and that has accelerated in the last five years. Um, again, you could check out last week's episode where we highlighted uh, you know, Jameis Winston and Mariota going one, two, just numerous guys not panning out. Josh Rosen, um, you name it. And Dwayne Haskins, obviously the most recent. Um, but for Miami, they were excited about two and why not? This was the guy that showed up and won a national title in the second half, uh, suffered a horrible injury, has an injury history. And all of a sudden this guy is throwing six yards down the field at a time per attempt, 64% completion, the interceptions were showing in that last game. He was being protected, and they were just—he just not throw down the field, not even ten yards. That's scary. Uh, I know you don't have any weapons right now with the Miami Dolphins, and they're hoping to spend that draft capital that they have uh, the off season to help Tua. So I'm not—I'm not fully writing them off yet. But oh my goodness, would I rather have Justin Herbert? Uh, Justin Herbert, I think, is going to take over the NFL. Now, he happens to reside in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. Um, but you see what he has done with kind of an inept coach in Anthony Lynn, not a really strong offensive guy we've seen throughout the years. He's had offensive talent he has not been able to do much with. Herbert was still able to throw 31 touchdowns and over 4,300 passing yards. Um, that's crazy. So again, it, 10 interceptions, but 31 to 10 is a great ratio. And he's thrown at 7.3 yards per attempt. The completion percentage is at 67%. That's year one. Uh, he's got the pocket presence. He's tall. He's right-handed to a, you know, sometimes it looks like maybe he might be right-handed the way he's throwing lefty. Uh, I'm just all over Herbert. I, I think he is going to be a great quarterback that we're going to watch for decades. Um, and I, I worry about Tua's future in the league. Okay, so the college football playoff, I've been so bad at college football, uh, just betting in general. I'm waiting for my hot streak to pick up again. Um, but I did have both games here. A absolutely garbage, garbage uh, backdoor cover by Notre Dame. That was funny as hell. Um, I was watching with a lot of Notre Dame faithful who that game was over right from that first blistering hit on the kickoff. I was like, game over. Um, but the backdoor cover, we'll take it. Bama uh, basically controlled that entire game except the cover. I had that also with the under, so I, I went a rare 3-0. and I was the only guy uh, in the watch party I was at that was on Ohio State. Yeah, nobody enjoyed my cheering in that one. That was over early. Um, so Ohio State and Alabama. And if you've been listening, you know that I took Bama a couple of, uh, I want to say a month and a half ago at plus 120. Uh, to win the title. Don't know if I'm going to hedge on, but I might try in middle because I love Ohio State in the number. Um, Bama's Bama. Uh, I think they're going to win the title, but what is interesting, I remember remember when it was Kiffin who was leaving for, I believe at the time, a new job, right? Florida Atlantic. Um, and he was the offensive coordinator and Alabama laid a dud at the time. I, something about coordinators leaving for different jobs. Jeff Halfley left for Boston College. That was announced before they lost to Clemson, um, but now they get revenge against Clemson. They are in the title game, much uh, to the dismay of Dabo Swinney, who really ate it. Trevor Lawrence, I couldn't stop watching that video. It was so cringy of the reporter just calling him out. Um, he handled it like a champ. Just <laughs> thank you. Um, but Ohio State-Bama, 1v4, 
And again, I was telling you, I like the hook. That's why I liked Ohio State against Clemson. They ended up blowing out Clemson. I'm liking the hook against uh, Bama here for Ohio State, plus seven and a half. Something about Steve Sarkeesian being announced on the day that they announced the firing of Tom Herman, that he's becoming the head coach of Texas. I think that's going to be, one, a terrible hire, and two, not great for Bama. Um, I, Bama is going to, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. You know, where's your head going to be there? He's already on campus at Texas. He's got to worry about recruiting while trying to juggle. Okay. How am I going to, you know, make Mac Jones? He's got the weapons, but I would just say, I think it might be closer than the experts may think. Um, I'm leaning the hook so far with Ohio state, but again, I would enjoy Bama winning. Maybe I hit the number and I hit my Bama plus 120 national title future. Okay, that does it for a football weekend recap here on Corbett's Corner. I'm Dylan Corbett. Corbett's dropping later today as well. Al Dawson coming back on Tuesday. He's going to try and give us away that jackpot wing. It drops tomorrow as well and exciting. I'm uh, working on the website. I've secured the domain and uh, most of you know my graphic design skills are pretty amateur so that is what I'm working on here all week but we will have that up and running and hopefully presentable to you to where I can start uh, kind of promoting that out there by the end of the week. Okay, enjoy your Monday. Take care. We'll talk to you on Wednesday and Corbett's dropping daily, winging it tomorrow as well.